Golf Podcast, presented by Golficity, where we bring you the tips, instruction, and support you need to get the most out of your golf game. And now your hosts, Frank and Mike. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Golf Podcast. This is episode number 324. Uh, we've got a great interview today. We're going to be working with Bill Schmieds. Bill is the director of instruction at Forsgate Country Club in New Jersey, and he's also now a Golficity contributor. Uh, you guys might have caught one of his videos on Golficity. Excellent stuff. Really great instruction. Uh, he's, a, he's one of those coaches that I like because he's so easy to understand. You know, he's able to take a very complex topics and just kind of break it down in a relatable way. You'll also see that he's in our Facebook group. If you're not already a member of the Golficity Facebook group, just search, you know, the golf podcast on Facebook, find us. You can also get the link in the show notes or in the Golficity app. It's a, it's a free group to join. And we've got some incredible instructors like Bill and, and uh, Kevin Sprecher and some of these other guys in there answering questions. So it's great. And we're going to talk with, with Bill about this idea of how your body relates to the club face. And I know I've got a question that I want to ask him specifically as it relates to consistency. And I know my swing is often relied too much on timing. And I think a part of that might be this having to do with, with the club face and the body reacting to it. So really excited to bring him on in a minute. Uh, also, Mike, we had a little fun this last weekend. We played a little mm-hmm. side game of bingo, bango, bongo. what did you think of that? I thought it was cool. You know, we've never even not only filmed that, but we never even played that before. Yeah. Um, we added a little twist to it, which I love. And it was fun. And I love that it came down to the last hole. Yes. So, and we can't disclose exciting. too much because the video has not yet dropped, but it will be out. That is right. It will be out shortly. But I tell you what, what I really like about these things, especially when you're playing a friendly match like we are, it takes kind of the pressure off in a way because you can have a really bad hole, which of course we talk about being rusty and, and just kind of getting back in the swing of things. It was only our second round playing golf really this year and we're into almost June. Um, but mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy when you say it. Who'd have ever thought that this is what was going to happen this year? But anyway, um, it, it's interesting because you can kind of have a bad hole, but then be, be doing well in the points. So it's a fun point system. I encourage you guys to check it out. That'll be out really soon. Also, there's about one week left. Enter our big OptiShot giveaway. Um, I know a lot of you, you know, A, you've got you've got long winters, you want or you want to work on your your game at home a little bit more, or you're still unfortunately in a in a situation of a little bit of a lockdown. I mean, uh, I know our friends across the pond in the UK just started opening up last week, being able to get back out on the golf course. And uh, even here in New York, uh, unfortunately, our kind of stay-at-home order has been extended through the 28th now, um, which is why we're, we're still doing these podcasts remotely. I cannot wait to get back into HQ. And I think that day is coming really soon. It's coming pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But what but we've all... Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. What we've all been fiending for, what, Mike, we want a way to kind of like play and swing at home. And that's why we worked with OptiShot on this of saying, like, how can we do the most, you know, the, the simplest way and the most cost effective way to kind of build a simulator at home? And that's when they came up with this, this golf in a box. And we're going to be giving away three of them. I mean, how great is that? It's really great. And even to take it a step further, even if you are one of the brave souls who wants to get back out there and play, you might not even be able to get a tea time. Oh. It's, you know, they're like hot commodities right now. So, 
you know, this is something that can even help you extend and, and play some golf at home until things try to, I heard, I heard Ronnie the other day say tea times are like, are the new toilet paper. The new toilet paper. That's great. right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's so true. I mean, even with us going out there and playing with the distancing, it's, it's slow out there. It's packed Mm -hmm. because they've got to space people out. And, and I think just last week they started reopening to foursomes in, in New Jersey, I believe. Uh, it's weird because the rules kind of vary depending on if it's a private club or a public club, but whatever it is, the giveaway, it's a lot of fun putting this together. Make sure you guys check it out. Um, and and if you, you want to stay tuned too, because the giveaways are not going to stop. We're trying to turn around this whole 2020 vibe, you know, bring a little bit of, of, of light to this year. And we're going to be doing another big epic giveaway on June 1st. And we're going to try to keep them coming. Cause you guys know we're so grateful uh, to have you guys, you know, participating in this with us, growing this golficity community that whenever we get an opportunity to give back, we try to do it. So we really work hard with some of the brands that that work with us to say, what can we do to give back to the community? What what things can you get in our hands that we can give away? So, you know, we got some more big stuff coming up. Stay tuned for that. I want to dive into this week's Twitter tap in and, and just kind of, we had a fun one this week. I want to cover a few things before we bring Bill on the show. Before we do that, of course, we want to thank uh, this week's sponsor, Titleist, uh, for sponsoring this episode. Bob Vokey and his team, they're always trying to outdo themselves. And with the new SM8 wedges, they've really made a giant shift forward. And earlier this year, if you've been following along with the podcast, you saw that we had Bob Vokey, the man himself, on the show. And when we spoke with him in Orlando, back in January, it was just so great to hear, you know, the passion, the inspiration, the technology, everything that went into making the SM8s the best wedges on the market. And Bob and his team, they've improved some some areas that who doesn't want this in their wedge game, ready? Improved distance and trajectory control, enhanced spin, better grinds, and even a sleeker looking finish. So they're taking a terrific Sign, product. Sign me up. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, checking all the boxes. They're taking a terrific product. We we really love the SM7s, and now we're going to be making the, the move to the SM8s. They've taken such a terrific product, and they've just made it better by listening to the feedback of the players who are using them. So visit Voki.com to up your wedge game in 2020 and try their wedge selector tool. It'll really help you guide you towards the, the right wedge for your game. Or if you can do it, the best thing you can always do is work for the with a qualified Vokey fitter. Look for one near you. Check out Vokey.com. Uh, okay, let's do this Twitter tap in. Uh, and again, we say this every week, but if you guys aren't already following us on Twitter, make sure you follow at Golficity. We put these out every Monday and love to get you guys feedback on uh, on you know, just different questions that we have in mind, different talking points, things that we want to talk about in the golf game. And this was a fun one. Uh, this week we said, what is one golf course that you absolutely need to play before you die? And I see Mike, you wait in here. I went in right on the top. Something that'll make you smile. That's for sure. Yes. The ocean course of Kiowa, the one, the one that Frank's got over me. And uh, a little bit of jealousy there, but uh, here's a course that I have seen growing up played, like I said, played on video games, similar to the old course like Pebble Beach. But for me, it's always had that, that, that crave. I I need to play it because of all the reasons why you loved it, you know, on the water, you know, South Carolina living like that. That's, I got to get down there and play it. That trumps for me, Pebble you know, for some reason, I don't know. It's that East coast, East coast pebble. In my yeah. Opinion. Yeah. And look, here you go. Look, I just found this on my desk. There, there it is. There She's she is. There more. she is. 
Yeah, that was that was a terrific experience, and I love reliving it. Honestly, I've honestly gone back and rewatched some of our videos from last year during these last couple of months at home just to kind of get a little bit of that feeling back of what it's been like back out there. But we will be traveling again soon, I'm sure. You and I, there's no way you and I are not going to play, you know, the ocean together at some point. So we, yep, we certainly will. Um, here's a good one. Um, at Philly Golfers says Pine Valley for sure. You know, going in hard with like the hardest golf course Don't to get out it. there. Uh, right. Surprisingly, your your friend and, and a person who've, who's been on the show before has played it many, many times. Hard, yeah, hard to believe. That's right, Greg. Craig, Greg, Greg Angelo. Angelillo. Well, when you're a scratch golfer and the two-time club champion at Baltus Raw, like you got a buddy who's a member there, they're always going to call you to play the member guest. Right. Always. Right. And so that's what he's getting. He gets nine years in a row, he gets the call. And he, he, he gets the Greg. member guest. I mean, come on. How does it be getting the member guest yeah. call for uh, <laughs> for what do you call it? There's, there's, there's perks when you're really good at golf. There's yeah. perks. Um, here's another one I like. Uh, Stuck Buck says Tobacco Road, um, which uh-huh. is 100. I mean, we've seen the pictures there and we haven't gotten to play it yet and everything we've heard. And it was already on our radar originally when we started to book the Pinehurst trip, which got has gotten kind of rescheduled and reshifted. The original Pinehurst trip, we were working every way we could to try to, to work in Tobacco Road as well. And um, we were, we were not too late. <laughs> well, we were close to making Sorry. it happen, but we're, we're playing so much golf 36 a day. It just, you know, because there's so much golf right at Pinehurst. We're like, we're going to have to make this into another trip. But when a lot of you had heard we were playing at Pinehurst, a lot of the DMs are coming through. Like, you got you got to play Tobacco Road, too. I'm, ju- I'm just saying. I, I booked that flight home a little later in the day that Sunday. I'm just saying. You know, that 6.50 tea time at Tobacco looks good. Yeah. Well, you're also <laughs> – the last time we had this conversation, Mike, when you added a course last minute right before our flight, our Uber ended up driving across the median and the grass to try to get us to, to, to make catch our plane so they were closing the door god bless that uber driver going the extra mile literally um let's see uh ed detuza good you know good friend of the show he says everything that's part of sand valley golf another one i've heard great things another beautiful thing um sprecker with augusta obvious love yes we see a lot of augustas thrown in there of course everybody would want to to play if you ever had the opportunity um Nolan Selby says TPC Scottsdale because of uh, the good vibes there. Um, yeah, for sure. Scottsdale would be great. I, I think that would be a dream trip for us to take sometime in those those January, February months where nothing's going on here. And it's just perfect uh, out there in Arizona. It's just such a spot for it. I'd, honestly, my one of my goals with, with Golficity is to, to check off the TPC list at some point. There you go. There's yeah. so many great TPCs. Too many beautiful courses. Yeah. So and I believe I believe they're playing the uh, Northern Trust at TPC Boston. So if we get to get up there for media day in the fall, we can maybe start with yeah. Which is, is that, would that be our first TPC? No, we no. played River Highlands. Yes, and 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 you know that's one that we would think we should play, but I don't know if media that for for 2020, I don't know if media is going to be the same as it was. I think once these PGA Tour events start resuming, we're going to see limited media and limited media events, and just try and do what they can to play them. But. Um, mm-hmm. One that comes up a lot is Pebble, um, which reminds me back when you first made the call. Remember you called over there to see what it really cost to play Pebble and the astonishing numbers. It was ridiculous. It was thousands. Thousands. Yeah. Right. Because you got to stay there. Right. 
Right. And I think it's certain ones you do have to stay there as well. Like you have to, I think there's a higher rate if you don't stay there. I'm not sure what the details are on it. Um, but even at these incredibly high rates, weren't they booked out like a full year? Yeah, they were, they I, were, they book out fast. I think you, you know? made that call. Now, obviously everything got shifted after COVID, but pre COVID you made that call. I think it was January. We were doing this Made it in January and, and it was booked till October. Correct. Right. They were looking for tea times after October, which is mm -hmm. just insane. Insane. Uh, Matt Savage, the old course. There's one we can cross off our list. I'm glad that we uh, we got a chance to play that. And hey, listen, I'm sure we might have the chance to play it again, you know, and I would love to play it again. That's for sure. Yeah. Look, if you uh, get the opportunity to put that trip together, it's still not only the old course, but what surprised me when we went out there to St. Andrews is how much great golf is right there. And it doesn't have to be like a break the bank type of trip either um, because, you know, we're talking about Pebble Beach, the expense. The old course, yeah, it's expensive. I think it was like $250 or something like that. But like I said, we were able to kind of surround the old course by playing all these other courses in the Scotland series, which were most of them were very reasonable price. We rented a car. We were, we were actually able to stay right at St. Andrews University because when the school is not in session, they turn the dorms into a kind of like a hotel. So you can, it's not a super expensive place to stay and it's right in the middle of everything. With that in a rental car, you can go around like we did and just play a lot of great golf without having to you know, break your entire nest egg over it. Yeah, hundred um, percent. What else, real quick? Let's just wrap this one up. We got Alex Napier, Cape, Cape Kidnappers in New Zealand. Very popular track that looks gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've seen videos and images of that. Hazel Teen, Alex Hobbs, Sawgrass uh, is making an appearance in here. Yep, yep. Even a Valhalla in there, which is you know out there in Louisville. We saw a recent uh, major over there. And a lot of pebble, a lot of pebble here. So all good stuff. Oh, yeah. It's, it's oh. just was another great thing that I love about the game. You know, it's just that there's so many different venues and places that we can we can play and and, and just For sure. gives it a different feel and a different look. All right. We don't want to uh, keep Bill waiting any longer. So uh, what do you say we do a, a quick word from our sponsors here, Mike? And then let's bring Bill on the show and uh, we'll chat a little bit about, you know, club face and how it relates to your body and hopefully able to get a little bit of a uh, consistency out of a, a quick lesson here with bill definitely look forward to it so guys big stuff coming out of shot scope listen up in case you're new to the podcast shot scope has been a partner of ours now for almost two years i mean they have an incredible incredibly talented team of, of not only avid golfers but they're pretty smart people too and they've come up with this amazing product and it's a gps watch you know it's a gps watch with stat tracking ability and it's amazing it's awesome we love it we've been wearing it like i said for almost two years now you've seen us wearing the v2 but guys the v3 is coming that's right. Real soon. Um, I think we're maybe a month or so away, maybe a little more. Stay tuned. We're going to give you more updates as we get closer. But the V3 has got so many cool new features that the V2 hasn't had, like 30 centimeter GPS accuracy, a color screen, everyday watch mode, 35,000 plus preloaded courses. You don't have to go and do it. Interchangeable straps for different colors if you want to be fancy and change out your colors um, and so many other great new features. And pretty cool is they also have a G3 which is if you don't care for stats, hey, you could just get the GPS and it's going to be a cheaper version. Looks the same, just as sleek. Now, aesthetically, I say this a lot. I'm going to keep saying it's very Apple Watch-esque. It kind of reminds me of it. Uh, it's smaller, it's sleeker, um, and it's just a prettier looking product. And the the pre-sale, Frank, uh, G, let's see, the G3 launch offer is going to be $159.99. 
And the V3 is going to be $179.99. For an extra 20 bucks, you get that stat tracking capability. Why not, right? Mm, that's what I would say, yep. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, like I said, more to come <clears throat> soon. And lastly, just want to thank FootJoy. Guys, wearing the right shoe matters. That's why FootJoy offers more types of shoes for more types of players than anyone else. Now, you can get matched with the right golf shoe for your golf game uh, on FootJoy.com with the Shoe Finder. It's a pretty cool tool. I mean, you don't have to go to the store and look. You could just go to the Shoe Finder. You answer a few short questions, and they're going to find the shoe that fits your playing style and preference. I mean, we're talking questions like how many times you play a year. Is it like, you know, northeast, you know, soggy ground, wet ground, all these different things. Just similar to like the Vokey Wedge Selector tool, but for your feet. So whether you walk or ride or prefer you prefer cleated or spikeless, ultra stable or flexible. If you need a narrow, a wide, an extra, extra wide, I mean, FootJoy, they got you covered. Most styles for most players, I mean, you can match it, you know, perfect for you. So does your golf shoe match your game? Hmm, something to think about. Find out now if it's true, if it does, with the new FootJoy shoe finder. Visit footjoy.com slash shoe finder today. All right, let's bring Bill in on the show right now. Uh, guys, find out a little bit more about what he does with his instruction. And like I said, we're going to talk specifically about club face and how it relates to your body as you move through the golf swing. Let's bring him on now. All righty. I want to introduce to the podcast, Bill Schmieds. Bill is the director of instruction at Forsgate Country Club. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, sure thing. So, Bill, just a little background before I let you kind of tell the world who you are and what you do and where you're located and all things like that, uh, how we came about. Now, I, I, I know you're local. You're, you're local to Golficity's headquarters. And, you know, just social media and, and seeing videos and content that you put out, we've connected that way. And you have now come on the Golficity platform as a Golficity contributor. And, you know, just recently you posted a really amazing video about a really good topic that we're going to talk about in a little while. But uh, first and foremost, hey, man, welcome to the show and, and tell us about yourself. Sure. Well, again, I appreciate you guys reaching out and I definitely look forward to, uh, contributing to, to everything you guys do. You guys do a great job. Um, so yeah, a little bio about myself. I, uh, I got into the game maybe a little bit later than a lot of, uh, juniors nowadays. Nowadays we see a lot of the juniors, uh, you know, specializing in a really uh, early age. I played pretty much every sport underneath the sun growing up in New Jersey. And I picked up golf when I was maybe 12 years old. So I'm not like way behind, but nowadays I might be way behind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, going, uh, and getting into golf was, was a lot of fun. And at first it was just something that I would do in the summers. And then that turned into, uh, pretty much specializing it as I got into high school and dropping the majority of the other sports. So by the time I was in high school, it was pretty much uh, basketball and golf. And then from high school to college, it was it was golf. I played uh, one year of collegiate golf. And uh, and then eventually, after that one year, finished up my freshman year, I got a great offer. was never a big fan of uh, school and education. So I got into the, the golf business immediately. I was lucky to do that at a resort facility on Cape Cod, Massachusetts, that also had pretty much the biggest golf academy on the Cape at that time. So I was pretty much just thrown in there and was given a fantastic experience to get my career uh, going uh, in regards to teaching. After that first year, I figured out really quickly that I uh, didn't necessarily enjoy all of the things that the assistants have to do in regards <laughs> to running daily operations and tournaments and uh, 
you know, you name it. And I really enjoyed the teaching aspect, which I got to do a lot of. So that allowed me moving forward to just concentrate on becoming a uh, golf instructor and coach. Uh, so from the time I was 19 years old to now, which I'm um, 34 going on 35, I've pretty much been able to just specialize in coaching, which has been great. And it's taken me from uh, New England down to Florida and back here to New Jersey where I, I grew up. And it's been a fun experience. I've been able to work under some fantastic coaches and spend some time with some high quality tour players and have run a number of different uh, type businesses in the golf instruction world. And uh, now I'm the director of instruction at a facility in Monroe, a township here in New Jersey, Forsgate Country Club, we're a 36 hole private facility. And I uh, also teach out of a facility, Shackamaxon Country Club, which is an 18-hole private facility, and we have the same ownership. So it's kind of how that works out. Uh, so I stay nice and busy in the seasons here. Yeah, it seems like it. And and the Cape Cod uh, experience. Just gotta gotta ask, was that Ocean Edge Resort? No, so it was actually a place called Blue Rock uh, Golf Club, and they have okay. a, a small little resort there. Ocean Edge is definitely a, a much bigger facility and resort. Um, Got it. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's maybe two towns over from Blue Rock where I started. Ocean Edge is in, I think, Harwich or Brewster. And uh, okay, sure. B- Blue Rock is Yarmouth, so kind of centralized. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Cause, uh, yeah, go ahead, Frank. Bill, are you, are you one of the guys who are teaching all year round, indoor in the winter and outdoor in the summer? Or? Absolutely. We have indoor uh, facilities or capabilities, I should say, at, uh, at Fours Gate and now at Shack as well. They just built a, a two-bay academy building that's off the range there, which will be nice. That's- so we, uh, we, we go year-round, obviously, with the virus uh, that wasn't... Uh, you know, I wasn't able to do that this winter, yeah. but, uh, it, you know, moving forward, uh, we'll be back to normal hopefully, and we'll be able to do that. Yeah. And what's that looking like for you? Are you starting to open back up to some, some, you know, in, you know, person lessons or is everything virtual right now or what's that look like? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, we just were allowed to come back out and start teaching as of yesterday. Yesterday was my first day back. Uh, at the facility at Forsgate, uh, giving lessons. And it was a very windy, pollen day, but it was great to be back interacting and, and helping golfers. But up until yesterday, it's been quite a while. Uh, honestly, from pretty much the end of January to yesterday, the only coaching I've been doing has pretty much been online and Zoom coaching uh, <laughs> due to everything that's been going on. We've so seen a lot of that. It was great to be back out. We have yeah, seen How did you find that, by the way, from a, from a coach's standpoint? Did you feel that, I guess, it was as, as effective as you could be? Or was there anything about it that surprised you teaching students that way? It's something I've done for a little while now. I, I've used two apps for about almost five years now that uh, each one of my students has access to where following a lesson, videos, notes, everything will will go there. And uh, we started to use the app as well during these times as a communication tool and then an online tool where I would get videos sent in, I would provide critiques as well as demo videos. And then that turned into Zoom because that's pretty much the only way to pretty much have a face on face, kind of like what we're doing right now yeah. uh, through this podcast. So it just kind of, uh, you know, developed that way. And honestly, it, it I feel like it worked out 
pretty well for, I mean, really the only option. And, yeah. uh, we got a lot of good feedback when we were able to, to help the golfers, but it's definitely different. There's nothing like being right there with your player and being hands-on. I'm a hands-on coach. I like to move my players around. And obviously when you're, uh, you know, in, in different locations, you, you can't really do that. So you mm. definitely need to be very good with how you communicate as well as the visual that you're showing the the player. So it's been a fun learning experience. Gotcha. And and this is another thing I'd be interested to, to hear from you is what, what are you finding with your students and with yourself as we start to come out of this kind of whatever you want to call it, lockdown, quarantine and play? Because from my own personal experience, and I think Mike might echo the same, for as much as we try to keep the game going at home these last couple of months, swinging and stuff. It just seems that the the break, there's a lot of rust when you get back out on the golf course. We, we've been back out there twice and it, there's a bit of a frustration to it of just feeling like, you know, you, you've lost a bit of it. Do you, is that a common thing? Should I not feel so bad about myself right now? Of course, it's a common thing. I mean, even if you look at the, uh, I don't know if you guys watched the golf special on Sunday, the tailor made, uh, whatever the event yes, was with, yes. with everyone there. I mean, you saw some of those guys had a fair amount of rust too, and they're still working on their games, just not as much yep. as they normally would during a tour season. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, for coming out of a one, the winter time, right? We're up in the Northeast. The, the weather is not, uh, in our favor. Right. And then coupling that with, not having the ability to even get out and go to a, a standalone range or a facility to, to hit golf balls or, you know, play a couple of holes here and there. It's very difficult. Everyone has some rust and the majority of golfers out there too, don't necessarily understand maybe what their faults might be or how to efficiently practice them, hmm. which is another thing, you know, added to that, which allows, you know, golfers to struggle maybe for the first couple times out. And then once they can kind of get in a groove and they get more reps in, they can start to figure that out. But that's something I'm constantly, uh, you know, speaking with my players about is making sure that we stick to the plan we have mm. in place. We understand our drills that we can do both at home, uh, and at the facility once they do open, uh, it, you know, winter time and during this time with the virus, there's so many good things that you can do at home, even without a golf club, just to kind of be moving and, um, you know, improving maybe certain things based on the issues that you might have and understanding how to, to do that efficiently is, is important, but most golfers do struggle, you know, with either sticking to the plan or coming out of a really long yeah. winter uh, or now with this virus and, and getting back out and trying to be able to control your golf ball. I mean, yesterday I, uh, after I finished up my lessons late in the afternoon, I played three holes. The first hole was ugly. <laughs> and then the second hole was a little better. I got, I was actually lucky. I chipped in for birdie, which gave me some confidence. And then I get, I had a good look uh, at another birdie on my final uh, hole that I played, but it wasn't necessarily pretty. And that's coming from somebody that's in this industry and used to be halfway decent at playing the game. So it can be right. a struggle. So, so you, I guess your best advice for the, yourself and for your students is, is a little bit of patience, like stick to the plan, but just know we're going to take some patience getting through these, these couple of weeks as we slowly start to get back out there. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like a lot of things in life, right? We have to set expectations for where we are, whether it's business golf, you name it. And especially coming out of a really long break, we should just be happy to be getting out there and being right, swinging and, right. and hitting a golf ball again. Right. Cause it's been a really long time. So being able to set expectations that listen, I'm probably going to hit a lot of poor shots today, but I'm going to hit some good ones. We're going to get more reps in and we can build on this and get the game moving in the right direction. Yeah. That's what it's you know, all Bill, about. For me, 
Yeah, for sure. For me, um, it's funny, two rounds in now, and I'm sure Frank will agree with with these, is the three things that I, I feel that I, I'm trying to knock the rust off with is one, feel around the greens. It's completely lost. Uh, number two is that flexibility, that mobility of getting the hips through. I'm not firing through like I was if I was playing more regularly. And the third one is just mental stamina. You know, going out there, we were playing nine holes only, and it's like a grind to get through seven of them, you know, and just mental, legs, everything. So, you know, all three combined, I'm, I'm sure, you know, as we get out there more and more and we start playing a little more, that'll start coming back. But those are the three that I'm struggling with right out of the gate. Yeah, same here. If I didn't have a cart yesterday on those three holes, I was I was kind of tired after riding a cart for three holes just because, right. you know, it's, yeah. it's been it's been a while. So I, that's definitely important. I mean, the, the mental side and the, the stamina side and then obviously the technical side, those are all pieces that we need. And the more we can get out there and and, and, you know, play the game and work on those, the better we're going to be. For sure. Yeah, sure. it's going to take time. And, and Bill, as Mike was saying earlier, we're really excited to have you, you know, on the platform with Golficity and, and bringing some of your knowledge uh, to the platform, you know, in the, in the, in the place of, of being a contributor. And you had already um, posted something, a, an excellent instructional video that I want to dive into a little bit. I, I know some of this uh, lends itself to more of a visual medium where it would be able to see it, it kind of helps the the explanation. And we will link to in the show notes, the video itself. But you talk about um, being an open-faced player versus being a closed-faced player. And I want you just to give us kind of like a little bit of a elevator speech, so to speak, on what the differences are. And then in a second, I want to dive into one big takeaway that I had from it. And what I really liked about your teaching there is you didn't seem to point us in direction of saying one was right and one was wrong. They're just different. And it just, and it just kind of shows this idea of as different golfers, we've got different things that we just kind of need to do based on our starting point. But just kind of for anyone who hadn't seen the video, just kind of run us through what, what your process was there of of an open faced player versus a closed faced player. Yeah, sure thing. Before I get into that too, I will, uh, I'll start off by saying as a golf coach, I, uh, I'm under the belief that there's a lot of different ways to get it done to see your desired ball flight. Cause that's, that's pretty much uh, what I do. Everything that I'm going to do with the player in front of me is to help them uh, improve or see a desired ball flight when we're talking about full swing. And that's what that video uh, was, uh, was speaking upon was, was full swing, which we'll get into in a sec. So that's a really important because if a golfer doesn't know um, what they need to do in order to see a desired ball flight. It's going to be really difficult. And every golfer is different. We're all different shapes, sizes. We have different mobilities. So there's going to be different ways that we're going to have to go about making a change. But as a golf coach, I'm always trying to find, I call it pretty much the cancer of the golf swing. Typically, there's one thing that's having a trickling down effect that's affecting uh, you know, the rest of your golf swing. So we see a lot of golfers struggling with the impact position, right? Everyone mm-hmm. looks at impact and they see the tour players and they say, why can't I do that? Well, yeah. typically there's something that's happening well before the impact position that is having an effect on that. So as a golf coach, we're trying to figure out what that is. So the video that I had put out was comparing open face and closed face players. And really um, what the golfer will always do, and I don't care who you are, is you're going to react to the club face Uh, as it's moving around you in space. So you're going to see players that have a face that will get too open to the movement 
of the golf club or the arc of the golf club. You'll see golfers that will do the opposite and have the club face too close to that arc. And then you'll obviously see some players that actually have the club in a square position. For the video we talked about, just because this is something that the majority of golfers struggle with, was comparing how your body will react to an open face compared to a closed face in the golf swing. As a golf coach, I would say the majority of golfers I work with at the club level are open face players. So really what that means is the club face at a certain point in your swing will get too open to the arc. And there's a number of different reasons why, but we talked about maybe three or four keys. So the first thing that we can talk about is how we hold the club. The placement of the hands on the grip can have an influence on the orientation of the face. So we, we mentioned grip. From there, we also mentioned that at shaft parallel in the backswing, uh, so when the shaft is parallel to the ground, if you were to just pause there, uh, how the leading edge of the club face is pointed at that position is another um, point in, in which I look at. So sometimes a golfer can have, let's say, a, a good grip uh, or a standard grip, we'll call it, because there's a number of different ways to hold it based on you know who you are and, and what you need to do. But let's say a, what a neutral or standard grip would be that a lot of people talk about. You can still have that, but if you go to shaft parallel, the club face could be in more of an open or closed position based on how you started the movement. So I, that's another key that we talked about at that point with shaft parallel. From there, we talked about the top of the backswing and the orientation of the face. Um, so we talked about wrist conditions. So if the uh, lead or left wrist for the right-handed golfer let's say is in, uh, let's say a straight position. So the, uh, pretty much the hand to wrist is in a straight line. There's no deviation. A lot of times if all goes well from grip to shaft parallel, the club face will be in a square position. If we took that angle between the top of the hand and the wrist and we put it like this, which is let's say a cupped or extended position, a lot of times the club face can tend to get in a little bit of an open position. And then if we did the opposite, think of Dustin Johnson, mm -hmm. where we then flex that lead wrist. So now you've got kind of this, you know, rolling or bowed look, the club face will tend to want to get into more of a closed position. And then finally, we talked about the transition, how you begin the downswing, uh, whether it's pulling down, whether it's laying down and that influence on the club face. So we covered a lot and we talked about how the body would react to that. So for a uh, open face player, typically you're going to be one where you're going to be more of, let's say, an hands and arms swinger throughout. You're not going to be having that Dustin Johnson rotation and tilt through the hitting area because you're reacting to the club face. Doesn't mean you can't play good golf. You just need to match things up so you can mm -hmm. control the face to path relationship. If you're more of a closed face player, uh, let's say like Dustin Johnson, you're typically going to be uh, a little more linear. So more of like a shift towards the target. And then a lot of rotation and tilting will happen as we're delivering the club through the hitting area with a lot of shaft lean to be able to hold that face off to get the golf club to work efficiently. So just being able to understand how the face affects the movement of the body mm. is, is huge um, because on the lesson T, one of the main things that I constantly hear from golfers is, well, I want to, I want to hit it further. And I know, I think I need to do that by turning more. But if, if you just think about 
trying to create more speed by turning more and you have an open face, the, mm. that's like, that's a disaster right there. And that's what we see so many golfers struggling with. They see the best players in the world or they listen to some tip about, you know, rotating more, tilting more. And if the club face doesn't quite match up with that, we are going to have a lot of uh, struggles with ball control at the end of the day. Yeah. And that, and that's where too, that's that no one size fits all. You know, I, I, I always say that I'm a strong proponent. There's a lot of great instructional information out there on the internet and on YouTube and things like that. As long as you start with that understanding that it, it doesn't mean it's necessarily going to work for you. As you said, it might actually counteract where you're already at. So I think that that self-knowledge first, which sometimes comes from uh, working with a coach such as yourself to point it out, because sometimes we don't realize we're doing it, but that self-knowledge of what we're doing is, is you know, goes a long way to realizing, well, will this work for me, what, what this person is suggesting here? But one question that I have too, and it's something that I know I've struggled with for a long time and a lot of people that I speak with struggle with, consistency, right? And a big part of consistency that I've found, it seems to be something having to do with relying too much on timing. And I've heard coaches tell me that a little bit before. And I'm wondering, as you're explaining this, if there's a component of that in here. So what I mean by that is, if my body is having to react to that club face and and kind of change things throughout the swing to react to that, is it possible that just some days my body is kind of reacting better than others? And hence a you know, a disparity in my consistency, you know, some days my timing is just on and I'm hitting, you know, I'm firing my best scores. And some days it's just like, what am I doing out here? Could this be a part of that? Yeah, 100%. So I'll ask you guys, typically what we hear from the majority of golfers and you guys will probably be able to, to, um, you know, feel a certain way about this typically we feel like we start to play our best golf almost towards the end of the season right 100 percent. a lot of times oh, yeah. we're like we're mm-hmm. i just you know i'm getting into the groove and then winter's here and in the northeast oh man i can't play anymore now a lot of the the time the reason for that is you're getting more and more reps in and you're figuring out how to be able to make manipulations work so you can control your golf ball mm. and that's not a bad thing right so sometimes when we hear golfers come to us and they say they want more consistency or they don't feel like they're consistent enough or they feel like all oh, their timings off a lot of times it's it's something uh, in the movement that is being manipulated that gives you a, a feeling that your timing will be off i mean if if you're reacting to let's say that open club face that we talked about maybe at the top of your backswing you're going to do something to begin the downswing in the transition that might give you a feeling that you are um you know out of tempo or, you know, you're not connected or whatever verbiage you might want to use. So we, we hear that constantly. And to be able to understand what the main issue is in your swing and how to practice it efficiently, will start to probably give you a better feel for, let's say, better timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then with that, you'll start to maybe feel like you have better ball control. So you might feel like you're a little bit more consistent as well. Yeah. And for me, it's like feeling like this, the swing is a little bit more simple. I know it's not actually more simple, but a little bit more simple because of that consistency. Like for example, I've been, there's still growing pains with it, but I've seen a little bit of improvement just in the last couple of months at home. I've been working with that, the plane mate, I think it's called, um, whatever. Yeah. So I've been working with that takeaway and I've been noticing by simplifying my takeaway and putting it on the right on the right spot, just to, to that point of club parallel even seems to be setting me up for a better overall swing. 
So that may play into what you're saying here. And unfortunately, we, I'm hoping soon we'll get to work together in person and we can actually demonstrate this and see it. But as like I said, you're describing it, I'm, I'm wondering if a part of that is by that, by improving that takeaway a little bit, I'm fixing my, my, where my club face is in relation to my body and not having to make as many adjustments. Is my line of thinking correct there possibly? It certainly can be. And I'm a proponent that if we can improve things, whether it's the takeaway or just strictly the backswing, you're mm-hmm. going to have a better chance in the downswing of, of moving your body and golf club in a way that's going to help you be consistent. If let's say the club or the face is out of position in the backswing, you're going to have to try and make up for that in the downswing right. prior to impact. And that's where a lot of issues happen. So absolutely it makes a lot of sense. And that's, and when you say that, like make up for that right now rings that, that, you know, light in my mind of saying like, that's where that timing is coming in for me is like, sometimes I make up for it and sometimes I don't. And when I don't, it's, it's a disaster. But as you said, definitely agree with that sentiment that I play better as the season goes on. Of course, the more you do something you know, and there's kind of repeating it here because it's clicking with me, the more I do something, the more I can get that repeatability and that timing on. And then I come out of these long breaks like this and I'm like, the timing is not there. So that's been something I've been working on personally is just trying to rely less on the timing by understanding better what my body is doing and not fighting against it. And I think what you're saying here about just knowing your relationship and being an open or closed face player sheds a lot of light on that. Absolutely. And, and Bill, I, I wanted to give you the opportunity here. I think it's a perfect point. I mean, you've got your own training aid that you've created, the Impact Press. And I know that's about to find its way on Golficity in the form of a, a review as we're going to take it in-house and put it through the ringer. But uh, And we're sorry we missed you at the PGA show. I don't think we knew each other then, but I know you were there and you were promoting the item. So is that, an, uh, is that a, a training aid that can help with this, what we're talking about now? Yes, 100%. So the Impact Press has been in the works for about two and a half or three years. It was built on the lesson tee, actually in the middle of a lesson in the club repair room, because I wanted a golfer to uh, exaggerate a movement. So that's where this all started. And then uh, obviously, as, as things go and we improved it, we finally were able to uh, debut the Impact Press at the uh, PGA show in January this year. So that's when we uh, we first got it in front of the public. And then we went uh, pretty much into sales the week right after in the uh, first week of February. And it's been doing really well. We've, we've, uh, we've won a number of awards already. And the I, great I was going to say, it, yeah, the great thing about it is it's reactionary. And that's what I'm a big proponent of is allowing golfers to see something, um, to be able to be given Uh, a very small amount of verbiage and see how they naturally start to move the body and club differently so that they can have a much improved impact position. So the impact press actually changes a number of things that happen well before impact to allow for improved impact. Mm. Uh, The majority of training aids out there, the reason a lot of them don't work or people don't feel like they work is they just solely focus on the position of let's say impact, but they're not going to fix what's happening prior to. So if let's say you're you know, you have a, you know, X, Y, Z issue in the backswing, you're still going to have that issue. Impact might start to look better, but once you put your normal club in your hand, you're going to go right back to doing the same old thing. You're going to struggle with your, your ball control. So yeah, it's been, it's been a fun experience with the training aid. We're excited about it. We're almost going on, uh, let's see, five months now in business. And, uh, we're actually going to have another training aid falling under the impact press umbrella coming out at, uh, the, 
you know, the next year's PGA show. So we're going to, we're going to continue to build this thing out to help golfers because at the end of the day, that's, that's what I love doing. And guys, Bill was being a little humble there when he said won a couple of awards. I see here voted best golf product of 2020. It's something to definitely brag about. And then voted best of the best top 10 golf products. So congratulations out of the gate, Bill. That's great. Thank you. I, uh, I appreciate that. I don't really know how we even got into some of those. <laughs> but, uh, the, the top cool. 10 one was great because you're, you know, there's like, there was a, the new Cobra driver in there, the new Odyssey putter, there was some other big names and then there was us. So I was like, how, how did that work out? But yeah, yep. it's uh, exciting times and it's gotten, uh, it's gotten good reviews and our players love it and we look forward to the future. I'm just taking a Excellent. look at it right now. Impactpressgolf.com for anybody who's listening, you want to check that out and we'll put it in the show notes as well. But hey, look, I, I'm, I'm just a strong proponent of this type of stuff because for me, you know, I know everyone learns differently, but as a student, I need to feel something, you know, someone can describe it to me and, and I can watch a video of someone else doing it or watch them in person, but sometimes you just need to feel it. And sometimes just that all it takes is, you know, a training aid like this or something that, that puts you in the right position. So you, your body feels and it can register. And then it's like, okay, now I get what you need. I just got to replicate that. So, uh, I love what you're doing with the product for sure. Oh, thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. All right, great. So we appreciate the time. And and of course, we look forward to hearing even more from you. Like I said, since it's so great that you're local to us. Uh, I know as soon as we're able to start getting back out there more, Mike and I want to come and see you and, and do some some one-on-one -on -one work for sure. But tell us as well for, for our listeners out there, uh, how they can work with you. Are, do you. are you taking on students right now if someone's in the local area? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, right now I've got uh, I've got probably maybe one or two open spots uh, down the road. Normally my book's pretty full, but for those that want to uh, uh, try to to come on over to either Forsgate or Shackamaxon and and get to working in the right direction, they can check me out at bs3golf.com. All my information is on the website there in regards to uh, programs and coaching. Um, that would be that would be fantastic, and hopefully now that the ranges here in New Jersey are opening up uh, Friday of this week, we'll be um, you know back to normal. It's 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 been uh, it's been a really long time <laughs> away from the lesson tee, and uh, yesterday was exciting to get back, and I look forward to the rest of the season. Back at it, I love it. And for anyone who is not local to the area, um, I think what we'll do is work on getting Bill in our in our Facebook group for all the listeners out there. And, um, that way, maybe if some of you guys have some questions you want to, to, to post to bill, he can be there to, to help weigh in and, and answer some of those questions. I know I'm volunteering you here, here, bill, but we would love to have you in the group if we can. I, I think he did part of it. You're there. I think okay. he did make your way in recently. So there we we'll go. I did one step ahead of me. One step ahead. I love it. Yeah, that's <laughs> terrific. <laughs> All right, Bill, again, we appreciate your time today. Like I said, we're look, very much looking forward to working with you in person, but we appreciate your time. Great, very interesting topic. I'm sure it'll help a lot of our listeners. So we appreciate it, and uh, I'm sure we'll be back with you real soon. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys, and I look forward to getting you over to either Forest Gate or Shack and Maxon as we start to reopen here, and uh, I look forward to working with you guys in the future. Can't wait. Terrific. Thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you. All right. So great to have Bill on the show. Um, like I said before, it's just great to have somebody who can 
make some complex things very understandable. Uh, I'm excited to have him as a, a new instructional contributor to Golficity, as we've talked about before, as as our our big overarching goal is to continue to build out Golficity as in a platform for for all the different things in golf that that really excite us, all the different content that we want to see. And when we see somebody like Bill who's just doing terrific things, we say we want we want him to be a part of it. So we brought him on uh, to do a little bit of that instruction and also in the Facebook group, which again continues to be such a great, valuable resource. It's 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 a great group, and that's a testament to everybody who's in the group. I think we're closing in on three thousand members in the Facebook group, um, and uh, I'm glad to hear that that Bill's in there because I know it's a huge resource for me. Even all the different people we've had here as guests on the show, when they when they join the the uh, group and a question comes up that's pertinent to something that they do, we'll just tag them and be like, "Hey, what do you, what do you think of this?" And they'll hop in and give us that answer that we're looking for. So um, Bill will be in the group. If you're not already in the group, make sure you guys uh, join the free Facebook group. We would love to have you. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what what more to come from, from Bill on the instruction side of things. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I mean, between Joe Gambino doing physical therapy, Kirk Adams with fitness, you know, Sprecher, and now Bill with golf instruction, I mean, that Facebook group is just a ton of knowledge. In it really is. And we'll be working with Bill one-on-one soon, really soon. And when we do, right. of course, we'll have a video out there for you guys to check out. Uh, in the meantime, you can get to the show notes for everything we talked about today by going to golfacity.com slash episode 324, or as always, in the free golficity app, which just last week got a little bit of a facelift. Hopefully you guys like uh, what we've done with it, uh, made the app even more user-friendly and all the best golficity content is right there as well as notifications and alerts when new podcasts, new videos, things like that are, are there and available. You'll see those notifications. So uh, check all that out. Download the app on either iOS or, or iTunes. Um, I'm sorry, iOS or Android. Leave us a quick review. Let us know what you think about it. And we'll see everybody again next week. 